Hello, Paul. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the latest in our series of spoiler specials. This one is for Peep Show, the innovative POV sitcom that allowed us to hear the inner thoughts of the two lead characters, Robert Webb's Jeremy and David Mitchell's Mark. It came to an end this week on Channel 4 after nine series spread over 12 glorious years. For me, it's one of the great sitcoms of the modern era and at Empire, we decided to mark and jazz its passing mm-hmm, by inviting its co-creators and writers Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong into the pod booth for a spoiler-filled look back at the final episode, the final series and the show as a whole. So... Over the next half hour or so, enjoy as they spill on all kinds of things, including the thorny issue that has bested many a great sitcom. How exactly do you end this thing? Enjoy. We're delighted to be joined on the Empire Podcast by Jesse Armstrong and Jesse Armstrong, <laughs> or Sam Bain, uh, co-creators and co-writers of Peep Show. How are you, chaps? Very well, very well. Yeah, good, good. good. Uh, we are recording this before the final episode. The final episode of Peep Show goes out. How how do you feel? Are you are you nervous? Are you relieved to have stuck the landing after all these years? Feel I feel a mixture of human emotions: happiness, sadness, grief, fear, anxiety, <laughs> loss, and sort of a weird sort of delirium <laughs> underpinning all that. Have you gone through the five mm. stages of the Cooper Ross model? Yeah. Is that essentially what you've done, uh, Jesse? How do you feel? I feel anxious, but mainly because I've got all the some of the people from the show coming over to have some food tonight to watch episode five go out so i'm mainly thinking about recipes and like (laughs) will if i get will will some bottles of wine go in the fridge or will i have to move an extra seat through from the other room to the other room (laughs) so i'm focused i'm focused on that fantastic so the more mundane stuff yeah. But in terms of the show itself, do you feel relieved now? I mean, how, how do you feel? Do you feel a sense of loss that this, this peep not, show will no longer be in your life? Not yet, because I think you do. There has been this. There's this bit of uh, moment while the show's still going out, still getting reviewed, previewed, mm. and uh, we're still coming in and talking to people like yourselves about the show, and so it all feels pretty alive. And we see we're seeing uh, David and Robert and Matt and Olivia and everyone from the show more more than ever actually at the moment because we're doing events and all slapping each other on the back in a disgusting <laughs> self congratulatory way. So um, so it's you know it's Peep Show Central at the moment. I think it'll be in about five months' time when I'm banging on the door of Empire, going, "Would you like to do a podcast about me? I used to be involved with the Peep Show." <laughs> that's that's when. Um, the, the the sense of loss will set in. <laughs> I'm sure that won't happen. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the final series. When did you decide? And by the way, I have I have seen the final episode. When did you decide that this was going to be the final series? I think it was a couple of years ago when we first started talk, thinking about writing it. Um, and it was a mixture of things. I think our reasons for f- wanting to f- finish it. I think mainly the feeling like it's going to have to point finish at some point so let's try and go out on a high and make this a really really good one and I think after nine series you're in a quite unique territory where the main fear is how can we squeeze more juice out of this lemon how can we get more stories out of these characters and it is does become increasingly testing are we gonna have to make jeremy do that again and haven't we done already done that with mark (laughs) haven't we already had a whole episode about garlic i can't remember let's look at wikipedia (laughs) so it was just that thing of wanting to do a good final series and i think it provided a good motivation for us to kind of try and push it just to make it as good as we could really Mm. 
Yeah, no, I think that's dead right. I think we were we were probably in, in the midst of other loads of other things and thinking about doing it again. And um, we've always enjoyed it, but to, it really gave us a massive kick up the arse when we thought, right, let's do a let's do a final series, and and people I think will be a little bit more interested, and we will be definitely anxious to make it really good. And it felt like the um, incentive we needed to 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 think about a really good series. But it's perverse because you know you build a sitcom to um, to last, ideally. Mm. You know when you're thinking about it, or you should do probably. I think, um, and you know, so if, there's a bit of us that's as we've been watching the episodes go out, and we feel pleased with the series, and there's been on the whole positive reaction, and you feel a bit like you're, you know, you've bred a a a, a one of the few racehorses that actually has four <laughs> legs and can complete the course, and then you're ushering it a way to be shot and it's like this is this is slightly perverse because sitcoms the ones that don't work um, are more um, numerous than the ones that do sort of essentially work so there is a there, we do have, there's definitely a um, a minor key of like fuck have we really <laughs> this is like yeah. the most stupid thing ever because we can you know we love writing for David and Robert and, yeah. and we love those yeah. situations so yeah it, it, there are mixed feelings did you look at other uh, sitcoms in their final final series, final seasons, and see how? Because some there are some great examples of of series finales out there, and then there are some less successful, uh, shall we say? Did you look at previous shows that, uh, and 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 learn from them what what they they done right, what they done wrong? We didn't specifically, excuse me, <coughs> we didn't specifically um, watch anything, did we? But I think we were aware that we wanted to um, not change everything, not do a big everything is different series or episode for the final episode that we just come on to do sort of a good strong series first and foremost i think i mean you've probably you've seen it so you're <coughs> better, better judge than us i mean we want we knew that the, there'd be a bit of heat on the final episode and people would be intrigued at where we left them but i think some of probably some of the best um sitcom episodes final episodes don't don't wear it too heavily i mean i think i guess that i don't know whether they knew when they were doing Faulty Towers that would be the last episode, but I think the last one is just like Basil the Rat or something. It's just like a mm. a really great episode, yeah. and and um, and and in a way, thinking that you're trying to tie things up to to a, a show which, in the very by the very nature of a sitcom, isn't probably built to end, can lead you into doing those maybe the slightly more weird sitcoms where yeah. they try and tie everything up, and obviously you can see that that desire especially if you have a bit more of an arky show with some relationships that you've invested in people want them to be you know who's going to end up married to who kind of thing mm-hmm. um but it it, pro- it probably leads you towards a, a, a difficult shape so I, I think our episode is more of a more of a normal episode yeah i mean there's a sense of occasion in the episode because it's you know jeremy's 40th birthday yes and you know, it, 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 there's not a lot of incident in terms of no one dies, no one's head fall off. It's, 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 it's not quite that. There the is, classics. There's a mild. The, what you expect in a final episode. Precisely. If, if, George Costanza's head <laughs> fell off. At least one decapitation <laughs> in every final episode. But I love where you leave these guys. I love the fact that you leave Mark and Jez tied together, and it feels almost like they're fated to be in this flat. Uh, in their 50s, in their 60s, in their 70s. A bit like a, a modern step to son in a way. They, they hate each other, but they can't tear themselves away. Is that where you want... It, you, from the off, when you sat down, do you think, 
we're going to leave them together. The yeah, I think that was something we settled on pretty quickly, wasn't it? There was never any real thought of, oh, we'll split them up and they'll be a farewell. I think, as you say, you know, the, the glory of sitcom is that, you know, it is a trap and that is kind of the, the nub of the whole show is these two guys who don't really belong together, belonging together. So, yeah, that final scene was... We, ne- we didn't have the dialogue till late on, but we always knew it would be them together. Yeah, and you know, we talked a bit about should they be be a happy ending, and or, but it, they, you know, there's a question if, you know, obviously their relationship is not a super functional or mm. great one, but on the other hand, that is the sort of the relationship, and I guess in, you know, it, would it have been a happy ending if Mark had gone off married to April or someone, mm. where it would have been, it might have theoretically been happier. I'm not sure if you would have felt happier so yeah we, we we knew we wanted them to end up together well i don't know if i think that they'll always be together but no but um but yeah that was, i think that we knew that was how we, where we wanted to leave them i, I guess you, you do you feel if you had given mark for example that stereotypical happy ending running off with a marriage that in, in the back of your mind the back of the audience's mind you'd be thinking he's gonna fuck it up at some point <laughs> so it's not really happy is it where you where you leave him is yeah. absolutely perfect yeah yeah and also the thing, the weird thing about the show is because it's because it's usually be it's always been a something of a um, minority show. You know, it's mm. not a massive mega hit. F- more times than not, we've finished a series probably overall not knowing if we would be recommissioned. You know, mm-hmm. this channel's always been dead supportive and nice, but there's a lot of new shows around and people trying to look to put their thing on, so it's competitive. You know, and um, so probably series one two three four i can't even remember five we were probably thinking well we better leave it we better sort of tidy our documents at the desk <laughs> and make sure we've left a relatively clean ending if that is the final episode because it could yeah. easily be yeah that's true so we've written a lot of previous endings in a way yeah that's a good point yeah mm. so uh we just agreement to- on that Sam. you haven't got anything <laughs> no dissenting view no, I'm agreeing with what you just said as well just now. I'm you're, I'm agreeing with the fact that I'm agreeing. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've put it out correctly. Ascent. Yeah, that's also a good comment. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Should we end on that high point? Yeah, that's it. Thank you for coming, guys. It's, it's, been, it's been a delight. Um, so when you sat down to uh, block out uh, the, the final series, did you have arcs in mind for all the characters? Did you have exits in mind for all the characters? Um, well, I think we always focus on Mark and Jeremy, you know, sort of 90% of our thinking is about them and certainly Jeremy's arc the the the, um, the the sort of gay Jeremy arc was a relatively early idea wasn't it yeah we kind of, basically we knew we wanted to do something different because you can't sort of endlessly repeat the same sort of he falls in love with a beautiful woman thing which we've done seems like a hundred times mm. um and also it felt right for the character because he has had gay tendencies before and we tried to rob and he was very comfortable with it so we kind of you know we, we, we you know we talked about it quite a lot trying to make sure it wasn't wrong uh, and sort of hit a bum note mm. but I think that we felt quite excited by that and and with Mark um, yeah the, we wanted to sort of the first two episodes in a way are sort of preamble for Mark aren't they because they're clearing up the past mm. Jeremy in episode 1 and Dobby in episode 2 uh, we kind of wanted to do that because it felt like it would be be un- unfair in a way to kind of like forget what had happened in the previous series and we felt we needed to address that but then April or something which again was a relatively early idea wasn't it to bring her back 
Was it? Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> I felt like we it, 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 we were kind of, as Jesse said about the ending, we, we're kind of keen not to be too self-indulgent, but I think, you know, April is a sort of self-indulgence in a sense because it's referenced back to an episode that happened in Series 2. Mm. But also it moves it forward in ways that we hadn't done before. So it felt like maybe a sort of we could allow ourselves that indulgence in the final series. Mm. And allowed you to ride the dinner party from hell as well, which must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's eventually fun if you get, a, it's quite, <laughs> it's quite hard getting a farcy uh, scene to work really well. So it's, yeah. there's a lot of um, forehead bleeding before the, before the fun emerges. But yeah, in the end, it was, well, it's good. I think it's, um, yeah, I wouldn't probably claim any of it was fun, but, the, <laughs> but hopefully the, 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 the episode is fun. And in terms of writing episodes, I mean, are you, are you still on set writing voiceover as as not on as set the, as the series progresses? Not on set. Okay. Um, we I mean we are we often go and watch mainly for fun and to be around the show and to hang out with Becky Martin, the director, and 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 everyone else. But um, we write in the edit. That's where we write a lot. With mm-hmm. where Becky and Mark Davis, our long term editor and the sort of team, you know. Uh, frequently come back with our least favorite question which is could there be anything funnier here it's, you know where there's a little you know because we would have in the script we would have written voiceover but in the edit either it doesn't quite fit what's happening or it could do with being a bit shorter or a bit longer because of, of of the physical movements around mm-hmm. and sometimes it would just be like oh well, that was seemed like a good joke at the read-through but is there anything funnier there to which you know it's difficult it's always a difficult question to say no to there's n- there's nothing funnier than that we have achieved that is every every member of the human species will agree that is the funniest possible combination of words for that three second hole we emailed larry david woody allen and they said it was brilliant so yeah so yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of it's only just stopped uh as we talk now with you today, you know the edit, is out and, and we, we're writing right up until the right up until when the episodes are locked, changing wow. those voiceovers. And uh, yeah, and 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 um, it's 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 a it's a, it's tough for as writers, uh, just in terms of the the amount of time it takes. But it's also one of the things that people one of the re- one of the reasons it's also great because it's an extra limb as a comedy writer that you mm. have to exercise. It's a fantastic. It's, it's the, the concept is is astonishing. Has been from the off, but in terms of so, when did you last finish? When was uh, when did you actually last uh, write Peep Show? Was, was it, it a, couple, a couple of days ago? Two three weeks ago. Two three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, like, and then we were just sort of discussing, you know, the final edit, the final audio mix, and taking out a word here or a word there. But, but you know, I think it is. I think they wouldn't allow us to change it now. I think it's finally locked in a, in a vault, and they won't let us in to do more tinkering. So, um, presuming that the final episode I've seen is the uh, same final episode that's going to go out, it wasn't just swapped in <laughs> for me. Uh, you finish with you give the last word to Mark. Can you talk about about that that decision? Because the, the series began with Jeremy. Okay. Way back in the day, yeah, there was a conscious decision. There's a there's, a, there's an algorithm. <laughs> that, so. No, that's just chance. That there's actually there was there's some other words in the in the edit in the in the first draft. Yeah. I can't even remember. I think it might have been Jeremy who who um, yeah. who who who. So so that's just we 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 with Mark and Becky's help, we like to be tough on the show in the edit, and and we're happy to cut 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 to get to the, the yeah. best stuff. And that, that was a that was a, and it ends cut. on a voiceover, right? From Mark. yes. So and 
the order of the voiceovers first Jeremy then Mark was entirely due to the, that's how the shots were mm-hmm. that what we shot was in that order so we wrote voiceovers after the fact <laughs> to fit the, those shots in that's kind of how we do it sometimes okay. so, uh, so you haven't felt it for example over the years that Mark in, in many ways is the show's main protagonist and he's the one that the change seems to happen to most often he goes through marriage and divorce and fatherhood whereas Jeremy by and large is it reminds me a little bit of that, that great Simpsons episode that ends at the end with uh, Mar- with Homer saying Marge my dear I haven't learned a thing <laughs> uh, Jeremy in a way doesn't change that that much no, would, I disagree would you, would you with that? I, disagree. I, think, I guess Mark I think has gone through more maybe more life events in that he's had a he's got married and had a but Jeremy's got married as well but mm. even if it was only a visa marriage yeah, yeah it I think Jeremy has changed more. You know, he he. I think when you met him, he would have said he was going to be a musician for sure. Mm. And you know, he's he has to some extent accepted that that's not going to happen, and that he's he's so he's become this kind of idiot guru in his own mind, like one of those guys who's like oh, I've seen a lot of life, you know. And yeah. he's he's. I think so. I think he's changed more. And no, I I think we've always thought of it as a um, as a dual lead show and we've always yeah. tried to make sure that they've got as much to do and are as funny as each other so mm. that's been our aim and aspiration and hope I'm agreeing with you, that's a great point <laughs> Thanks Sam, I'm giving you double thumbs up in the studio <laughs> No rewrites required for that. <laughs> So uh, going back to the, the very, very beginning the, the, the idea came about um, with Andrew O'Connor as well. So uh, can you talk about how the, the idea first came to you guys? Yeah, so Andrew, um, who we knew as a producer, we developed a couple of things with him. He came to us and he said he, he'd pitched this idea to Channel 4, which was about sort of two guys talking over TV clips, a bit like Beavis and Butthead, but they had Michelin Webb signed up, who mm. were sort of up-and-coming, hot, but not yet famous double act and we knew them quite well because we'd written a show with them which hadn't got made at the BBC, so we were very happy to write for them. And then the, the question was, what's the other half of the show? Because Channel 4 felt like it wasn't enough just to have clips and mm. talking over the clips. So we came up with the situation which we know as Peep Show and obviously the POV and the voiceover sort of came out of thinking about how you'd marry the two up and sort of like... I guess talking over clips of their life was sort of a vague mm. pitch of how you expand it. Yeah, and then obviously it developed away from the clip thing, so that's sort of gone completely now. I mean, uh, back in the day, there was agree. A, there I was, agree. I agree. You agree? I agree. Ascent. Back in the day, there was a, there was a, a pilot that as well had uh, Sophie as a, Sophie's voiceover. We had, we saw her POV as yeah. well, which well, we, I've never never seen that that, that pilot. I don't know whether it's yeah. Out there. We tried. We did two part two pilots, and you know, I think in terms of process it's great to do pilots and it's as long as long as as you end up doing a series it's great to do loads of 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 work before if you don't then it can be rather frustrating but um so i think i think we did two 15 minutes that made a sort of half hour show and i think that the first half didn't have any other voiceovers it was just dave and rob and 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 so we get we tried in the second part giving voiceovers to other people there's a there's a version of jeremy going for a for an interview scene where where the woman interviewing him has a voiceover and so does so does um olivia coleman sophie Mm -hmm. in it too and um and it it was great to try and then but i think we realized that the slightly claustrophobic thing which 
maybe had worried us was actually I don't know if it's a strength but it's basically that's the show so yeah. and we're, you know for good or ill that's you know yeah. some people will not find it a conducive world to enter the head of these two uh <laughs> people but 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 i think we discovered that that, that, that well that's the show and let's let's yeah. go for it and and try and be in their heads as as deeply and as grubbly as as is is possible mm. so when you write the script the scripts uh do you write the obviously you said you write in the edit as well but do you write at the time the voiceover do you write oh uh, yeah the yeah. dialogue and then or do you say insert funny thing we'll finish in the edit no it's all written we we write it pretending none of, none of it's going to change you have to get into that weird mindset of, yeah this is all finished the script's finished yay we can film them and you sort of have to pretend that you're not going to do seven more weeks of work <laughs> the other end writing I, mean, I, it. I imagine that 60 70 percent of the voiceovers sometimes more re- remain probably yeah and certainly the you know because often it's a hopefully sometimes it's just an opportunity to think maybe i'll masturbate soon that's the kind of in, in, in break in, in, in case of danger break glass kind of voiceover whatever the situation is this podcast is making me feel like masturbating is, is the is the is the is the one um but hopefully they're not mostly not like that mostly they should if not drive plot be yeah. part of the plot so or, or they can be enjoyable noodlings and a, and a break from the plot, but they they should operate in relationship to the plot. So we, so we usually have an idea for what they are. Mm. We give ourselves points for not writing about wanking. Because <laughs> it's like we've we've managed to not to write one mentioning wanking. That's have a chocolate bar. <laughs> Has it got easier over the years? What, not, not, not writing about wanking or no? Just... It's, it's it's that thing of you, you're trying to go. You know, it's that. Oh, a cock joke, cock something. What's going to be funny? That's the, that's the. You've got, you've got two seconds. What what can, what words can you say that might be funny in two seconds? Okay, I know some words which are funny, <laughs> but I don't want to. I want to try and want to try and beat that. Hitler wanking. <laughs> something about wanking Hitler or something. Nazis, cocks. <laughs> I feel like getting an invaluable insight into the creative process right now. Also, uh, obviously, you know, it, it's 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 quite an unusual. Um, relationship to have to the, with the performers because mm. they're they're acting you, what's on the page and they're good actors and then you know to, for for them to suddenly discover that they're thinking about putting a twirl up both their nostrils can sometimes be <laughs> a surprise and they you know we do obviously give them a, a look at the cut and go you know is this going to be all right do you do you mind us saying that in fact you're not thinking about your grandmother but you're thinking about twirls up the nostrils at this point. Um, <laughs> Because it's it's an unusual uh, and potentially destructive power to have <laughs> o- o- over you know over somebody to be able to rewrite what they're thinking. As writers, do you find it incredibly freeing the inner monologues? Because you can essentially say what most sitcoms would would not. Yeah, it is great. I mean, it, it's it's a real um, sort of it, the writing of a picture. I think is quite conspicuous. We're very grateful for the credit we do, we get in in the show i think because it's because you hear the voiceovers you sort of know that there's a kind of um a freedom there and a kind of freedom to write whatever you want which you don't get in any other show and yeah it's 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 pretty miraculous power which i think we'll both be sad to lose when we when the show finishes won't we it, it's a good it's a good technique for a for a, for a comedy writer that's for sure miraculous I'm, I'm going to de- dissent from the from the description of it as miraculous. I'm going to agree with your dissent. I think that's a good dissent. You've never had a day where you thought, 
what I've written there, that's that's pretty miraculous. <laughs> well, no, I have thought this show is pretty miraculous. This show has been on for 12 years. That's pretty miraculous. People seem to like it. That's even more miraculous. I do have that thought. And is it is it completely done now? I mean, uh, there's a... We were talking just beforehand, Sam, about how Rocky is coming back and Creed, Star Wars is coming back after 30, 40 years. Do you think maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the line it'd be interesting to pop in and see where Mark and Jazz are? I do. I don't think it's... I hope, you hope that those things feel like backed by popular demand, everyone's happy to see it, not craven kind of disappointing returns to a to a something that's already been done over. I think we've already we've already started a, a document which is like, oh, well, I think I know what would happen to them. So, <laughs> so as long yeah, it, I wouldn't rule it out. If it feels fun and we feel like we know where they would be and it would be amusing. I wouldn't rule out uh, returning to them. Would you, Sam? No, I'm agreeing with you again. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years' time, yeah. how many do you think would be dead? Superhands, he's not going to make it to 2035, is he? Look at Keith Richards, he's a survivor. <laughs> he's fine, he'll be the last to go. <laughs> he'll he'll like, live us all. <laughs> It'll be, uh, well, from Mark's point of view, at his own funeral. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> just watching Superhands weeping over his coffin. Um, but it's, it's interesting that you, you've never really felt the pressure to have those characters appear in, in every single episode. Uh, for example, in, in, in this series, for example, you know, Sophie only turns up in one episode, Dobby only turns up in one episode. Mm. Uh, if, if I recall correctly, even Superhands isn't in every single right. episode. Uh, which I, th- I think, find is an American model, you would find ways to get every single character Probably to do for something. Con- for contractual reasons. Possibly, yeah. Apart from anything else, which is, you know, yeah. one of the freedoms of the British system and also being a minority show where <laughs> it's kind of not subject to so much pressure. I think you have to be quite brutal um, and say this is the Mark and Jeremy show yeah. and that every episode, every story, you know, in the edit, you often end up cutting out little scenes with peripheral characters or little storylines with supporting characters because you're always, always servicing their relationships. The scenes where they have, where they're together, very rarely get cut. In fact, we've never cut one out completely. I think ever we may have trimmed it down, but it's always what's what are they? What's their relationship? And the more we can get them together, the more we can get them driving each other's plots and mixing each other's plots, the better. And in some ways, you should be quite brutal and say the other characters are there to service Mark and Jeremy. Obviously, you want them to be good characters that you'd enjoy mm. watching anyway, but that is, in 24-minute sitcom, you have to be quite brutal about that. Mm. Uh, is there a character bible? For example, you were both trying to remember whether Jeremy finished university. I mean, do you have... Uh, it's revealed in this series, but did you have Superhands' real name? Did you know that no, all along? No, I mean, all that stuff we, on the whole, make up. I mean, I think we... And we're much better on... I think we we feel like we know the characters inside out, but details we're not we don't we don't have all it all written down. Um, no, <laughs> if, it's, if it just feels right at the time, feels right, do it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and and uh, you, you've mentioned it a little bit about uh, the inspiration for Superhands. Uh, very quickly, I mean, uh, uh, Jez and Mark, where do they come from? I mean, are they as much part of you guys? Are they uh, are they Dave and Rob? I mean, how do how do you? Well, they've got sort of uh, sort of mixed ancestry. I think one of the first things... Well, we started writing versions of these characters when we were in our 20s, didn't we? So early scripts. And we, so it's informed by the vibe of, you've left university, now what? And they obviously, you know, when they were in the first series and they were that sort of age, it felt quite recent. And 
that that sort of lifestyle of am I going to be a worker drone like Mark or am I going to be a creative butterfly like Jeremy and that felt like a very real life uh, drama which a lot of our friends and us were going through and also just, just sort of the way that in that period of life you know you had friends sharing flats and one of them might own the flat and the other one's renting off them and that's quite a funny situation that suddenly you've gone from being mates to I'm your landlord so that felt like sort of very early sort of just dynamic that we liked and and in the, we we wrote a show not totally dissimilar to this um first on our own then another version with dave and rob and and, uh, and the, the jeremy character was more entitled and privileged and um he owned the flat in certain right. versions right and yeah. um with the help of ian morris who was a commissioning editor at channel four we swapped that round and i and i think that jeremy is can be annoying but he's well people have their own view but i still find him sympathetic enough and when he was a bit when he was a bit when he also owned the flat Mm. and he had a bit of money in his pocket he there was a he was funny and he had more freedom of movement on the chessboard of 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 life because he had money but he um he could become i think that was it was a good idea to to take that away from him because he could become a bit insufferable mm. um so so it's one of those yeah small but important changes you make to the dynamics of a of a show mm. i love that as, as jeremy who ultimately is responsible for uh mark getting fired in this, yes. in this, oh, yeah. <laughs> in this series beautiful yeah, that was pleasing pleasing <laughs> when we saw that that would that could marry up nicely in the last episode <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and did you want to give? I mean, you you talked a little bit about not really wanting to give characters send offs because you didn't really want to treat it as a final episode. But you do bring Jeff back. There is a kind of farewell for Johnson as well. Mm. Um, did you want to give each character a moment, something to? Yeah, we never, we've we've always loved working with Neil and Patterson in particular, so we're very happy to give them mm-hmm. bits. And we did in the first draft of that script, our last script, there was like a little collection of Jeremy's exes. Do you remember at the fortieth? that we kind of cut quite quickly because it was like... I that. think that felt like it was over the edge in terms of mm. you mu- yeah. suddenly, I don't know, people will have their own view about how many people you should see and whether it's nice or what's fun or what's self-indulgent. But that for us, that was when it was like, oh, right, this is turning into a bit of a ticking them off. And yeah. while well, it's fun to see, you know, I think we've worked with loads of brilliant people who would love to have had... Um, Vera Filatova and Sophie Winkleman if we could have got them possibly to come Nancy, Rachel Blanchard to come and do it but in the end I think you start going actually am I am I writing a list for a party or am I trying to write a TV show and the, the TV show probably yeah. has to take predominance otherwise uh, something odd has happened um, yeah. so yeah Fair enough. So now, now Peep Show is is nearly done for you guys. What are you working on at the moment? Are you working together? Is this uh, is this partnership going to continue? Well, that's a good question. What do you think? Do we do some more? Uh, agreed. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. we're, we're working. We're working on we're thinking of a new comedy. Yes. Having our meetings about that. Yeah. Together, and we also have solo stuff. Yes. Which is worth talking about or not? I was telling Chris about your. Th- thing earlier which you've talked about border guards yeah yeah i'm waiting i've written this film for for america for adam mckay and will ferrell mm. and john c Riley. i'll see see what happens it's in the you know it's a big machine and you don't know what quite what will come out the other end if anything so we'll see and and a few other uh things none of which i think are worth i'm, I'm uh, trying to adapt a book by michael ignatieff about his life in canadian politics mm. um which who isn't is, 
Who isn't? It's, I'm just going to try. And, well. I'm, I'm going to try and race to market and be all the other Truman Capote, uh, Ignatieff projects. Um, but it's, uh, that's that's actually a uh, it's a good story. But uh, yeah, I'm working on that as well. Fantastic. I've got a few things which I can't really talk about. They're all Ignatieff projects. <laughs> they're not all rival. They're not all Ignatieff projects. They're mostly Ignatieff. <laughs> no, the reason I can't talk about them is. Not because they don't exist. <laughs> That's important. Just because they're just a bit too early and I don't want to kind of bore anyone with stuff which is just in development. But yeah, we, we've both got plenty on. Uh, amazing. Uh, was there ever talk about a Peep Show movie? There was talk and that's all it was. I think partly because we always felt like, why do a movie when you do a series? Because that's what the show is. And, and changing a series into a movie is, I think, it's harder than it looks. And the ones that work are quite unusual like in between us or in the loop or whatever you need a reason though. i think that's what we thought you know in in the loop was uh, allied to to the thick of it and it was about a war and it felt like that oh that's a good subject for a for a film and in between us similarly at a different level the kind of well lads do go off on holiday after the end of their um exams and so it was like really natural and it's never felt that way for people show has it and also just visually having a close-up of David or or, or uh, Robert's yeah, face on an IMAX screen in <laughs> 70 mil feels like, do we need to see that? I mean, I love them both. I feel I need to see that. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have two tickets right here. It, it, I'd buy two. We did, a, we did some screenings. It looks good. It, it looks good in, um, yeah, maybe on the right. big screen. Well, on that bombshell. <laughs> you never know. Never know. <laughs> Keep it in one side uh, for the future. Uh, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Peep Show, for me, is one of the great British sitcoms. And you stuck the landing uh, with this with this final series. So um, I'm delighted to have you both on, on the show. Thank you can you. put the harpoon gun in. down, Sam. He said, he said the required <laughs> words. Agreed. Assent. Assent. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you. Chris. That was Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong there, and that's it for this Farewell to Peep Show special. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. There are more specials on the way, including another spoiler special, this one for Star Wars The Force Awakens. That's going to be up on Monday, the 21st of December. And our Review of the Year podcast, which is up around the 28th, 29th of December. Uh, and the regular podcast, if you don't listen to that already, hits every Friday. I've been Chris Hewitt. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>